I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, a number of high-profile shows are set to debut this week, including the return of last year's HBO triumph, True Detective. Plus... I'm Jeff Braun. Remember when dinosaurs ruled the world? It's now as Jurassic World beats the box office in a big way. Plus... I also want to quickly finish what I started last week. There are a number of good shows I've been watching this summer, and I want to tell you about them. First, it's the news from the couch. I drove down a street one night. A street I didn't know. We should think about a cruise sometime. Wait, whoa. Uh, Nolan, take a vacation? That's from the first trailer from Robin Williams' last movie. Well, second to last, it's called Boulevard, and it's being billed as Williams' last dramatic movie because a few weeks after Boulevard is released, he'll be a voice in an animated movie. For all intents and purposes, though it is his last movie, and I think he's going to get an Oscar nomination. Are you happy? I mean, you've been here 25 years now, right? Almost 26. Must have thought about making a change from time to time. Nothing turned out the way I thought, I guess. Suddenly, I'm 60 years old. What, you want to give me a ride? Excuse me? Asked if you want to give me a ride. Sure. Williams plays an old-timer named Nolan who finds a new lease on life, which is heartbreakingly ironic given his suicide last year. The trailer shows him stuck in a rut at the same job for 25 years, a dull home life, although it's not like he and his wife don't get along, and then he meets a troubled young man and everything changes. I don't even know your name. Leo. Nolan. I'm really swamped at work here, and the only way to get through it is if I stay late. We have separate beds, separate lives, separate rooms. Why? I need to talk to you, Leo. I went out on a limb for Get out of my house. I'm just trying to help you. And... I tried to call you at the bank. Hey, princess. Where's my mom? Hey! Leave him alone! The trailer doesn't give much away, surprisingly, but it really drives home how sad this movie is, especially given the circumstances. They're saying it's one of the best performances of William's career, and he's had a lot of great ones. Boulevard opens July 10th. Oh my God, Nolan, what happened? I can't fool you, can I? No, you can't. I love you, Joy. That was never a lie. It's just time for us to be in the real world. Maybe it's never too late to finally start living the life you really want. A kung fu master is prepared to train hard. The first trailer has arrived for Kung Fu Panda 3. Move fast. Above all, be ready for anything. Perfect. Really? No. Again! The DreamWorks animation film reunites Poe the Panda, the Dragon Warrior, voiced by Jack Black, with a Furious Five for more awesome adventures. But next January, nothing can prepare him for his greatest challenge yet. Who are you?
He's another panda, voiced by Brian Cranston. I'm Lee Shan. I'm looking for my son. <gasps> you lost your son? Yes. Many years ago, I lost my father. I'm very sorry. Thank you. Well, good luck to you. You too. I hope you find your son. And I hope you find your father. I guess pandas are morons because instead of running up to each other to hug it out, they turn around and walk away from each other. While Poe is dealing with that, he also has a new threat to deal with, and that's uh, going to be a supernatural threat. The voice cast includes Gary Oldman, Dustin Hoffman, David Cross, Angelina Jolie, Michelle Yeoh, Mads Mikkelsen, Danny McBride, Lucy Liu, Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, James Hong, and Rebel Wilson. The first movie arrived in 2008, the second one in 2011, generating a combined $1.3 billion worldwide. The third one arrives January 29th, 2016. <laughs> Get ready to feel the thunder! Skadoosh! Here's something else from DreamWorks Animation from the world of How to Train Your Dragon. Yeah, baby! This summer, pick up a toothless or back. This is pretty great, huh, bud? DreamWorks presents an all-new Netflix original series. You ready for this? 5,000 pounds of flame and muscle coming through! DreamWorks Dragons Rise to the Erase to the Edge is a new series coming soon on Netflix, reuniting Hiccup and his dragon Toothless for a 13-episode TV show where they discover an artifact called the Dragon Eye. It's basically a map that leads them to new lands with new dragons. Unlock the key to new worlds. Have you ever seen anything like this Dragon Eye before? There are maps we have never seen. Whoa. They must be explored. New dragons. Ah. New villains. Hiccup! I'll take that. <laughs> it's all mine! <laughs> Thank you kindly. This isn't the first time they've done a How to Train Your Dragon TV show. There have already been two seasons of DreamWorks Dragons on the Cartoon Network that served as a bridge between the first movie in 2010 to the second movie in 2014. There's a third How to Train Your Dragon movie coming in 2018, but for now, all 13 episodes of Dragon's Race to the Edge will debut on Netflix on June 26th. And new adventures. Don't get any crazy ideas. Crazy's what we do, Astrid. Duh! Unlike anything you've ever seen. This changes everything. Dragon's Race to the Edge. Here's the plan. I like yours better. Join the race only on Netflix. More news from the couch next. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes, having a look at this week's news from the couch. What is that? Dog. It's still warm. He got hungry. Could have been a skunk. Could have. Man wouldn't do that. This isn't a man. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. You can either ignore it, or you can help me to stop it. Michael Myers is set to return to the big screen to slice and dice his way back into your heart, figuratively and literally. Dimension Films and Trancus International Films have announced the next Halloween movie, Halloween Returns, will start production next month. What's going on out here? Call the police! Tell the sheriff I shot him! 
gentlemen, he's still on the loose. Is this some kind of joke? I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. You don't know what death is. That's some awesome acting from the guy in the background. A guy named Marcus Dunstan will direct, replacing Rob Zombie, who is behind the 2007 remake of the 1978 John Carpenter classic and its 2009 sequel. Evil is here. It's walking amongst us. Michael is more evolved. Rob Zombie. Completes his extreme vision of a terrifying legend. Kill her, baby. The two zombie movies were moderate hits, for horror movies at least, as they cost under $20 million to make, but made roughly $120 million total. It isn't known what the plot for the new one is, but I'm pretty sure it will involve lots of people dying at the edge of Michael's blade. I wonder if they'll bring back Busta Rhymes from the seventh Halloween movie, Halloween Resurrection. Oh, man! Charlie, where the f*** you been at, man? Don't you know we've been looking all over this mall for you? And why the hell are you dressed like me anyway? I ain't paying you to be Michael Myers. I'm playing Michael Myers. If them kids come around and see us dressed up in the same shit, you're gonna ruin the whole effect. Ah, Busta Rhymes. That was a terrible movie, by the way. Dunstan, by the way, does he has some chops in horror. He co-wrote the script with Patrick Melton. And they wrote their scripts for the last four Saw movies. That isn't saying much, though, because most of those movies were terrible. Should point out this new Halloween film comes on the heels of last year's fancy 15-disc box set with all the Halloween movies, even that horrible third one, Season of the Witch. Halloween Returns, coming soon to a theater near you. I spent eight years trying to reach him, and then another seven trying to keep him locked up because I realized that what was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply... Jackie and the Foremans are here, and we're not supposed to be here, and this is illegal, we're busted. No, you're busted, I'm out the bathroom window. Two more cast members from that 70s show are moving to Netflix. Laura Prepon, who played Donna, is already there. She's one of the prisoners in Orange is the New Black. You know, the uh, hot one's back. Betty Page of Litchfield. How am I back here? And now Hyde and Kelso are getting their own show. Well, hello, Hyde. (laughs) Saw something very interesting in the hotel this morning. Oh, the guy in the dress? (laughs) No. I saw you kissing a girl that wasn't Jackie. Oh, that. Ah, so you admit it. Sure. Don't try to deny it. I won't. You're not gonna wiggle your way out of this one! I'm not trying to. Ashton Kutcher, most recently on Two and a Half Men, good riddance to that, and Danny Masterson, most recently of nothing, I don't think, are teaming up for a comedy called The Ranch. According to Deadline, they'll play brothers who run a business in Colorado, and I guess that business is a ranch. They'll produce a show as well, along with some of the Two and a Half Men folks. It's already been picked up for 20 episodes. It'll be released, though, in two 10-episode chunks. Over the course of a year, The Ranch is set to debut on Netflix sometime in 2016. I already told you, Jackie was comforting me because I was upset because Fez had a sex dream about me. (laughs) Would you shut up about that lame-ass story? It's the truth, and I'll prove it. Let's go ask Fez. Fine. You drive my vans in the shop. Fine, I need gas, though. Fine, can I borrow money for fries? No. Fine, shotgun. There's only two of us, you moron. Fine. (laughs)
This weekend marks the 40th anniversary of one of the all-time great movies. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. A mindless eating machine. It will attack and devour anything. It is as if God created the devil and gave him Jaws. Jaws first sent people screaming from the ocean on June 20th, 1975, and it sent more people screaming than anyone expected. But hey, as Quint well knows, sharks are terrifying. You know the thing about a shark? He's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eye. When he comes at you, doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then... Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red. Despite all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. Cineplex has a few Jaws screenings scheduled throughout the summer. Check their website for details if you want to see it on the big screen. It's widely credited as being the first summer blockbuster, spawning the nuttiness we see in theaters every summer to this day. Jaws earned $7 million its opening weekend, Brett, which in 1975 was quite impressive. And in less than two months, it hit $100 million again in 75. That was really something. Nowadays, of course, they need a much bigger boat to haul away all their cash. Show me the tank. That is the news from the couch, and up next we'll go from one the the original blockbuster to the latest king of the blockbusters. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. Normally we look at what's coming out on Blu-ray and DVD in this segment, but since there's really nothing worth talking about coming out this week, we're going to talk instead about this. You just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Think it'll scare the kids? Everyone, remain calm. Jurassic World. Yeah. The king of the box office. That's what I hear. It made all the money. (laughs) It really did. It just, it shattered expectations, making $208.8 million domestically, beating Marvel's The Avengers, which had 207, and it made $511 million worldwide. That's also uh, the best worldwide opening uh, by, or wait a second, $524 million, pardon me. That is uh, easily the best worldwide opening of all time. And yeah, I mean, I was hearing a lot of people were really excited about it, so I think it was one of those where it's, you know, because it is, the first one was so long ago, 22 years ago by now, it's just, it's not as flashy as some of the superhero stuff or brand new things that come out that people get into, so it's like, oh, another Jurassic World, but everyone still wanted to see it. 
Yeah, you know what? Let's continue this conversation in a moment because I have a couple of extra thoughts I want to share on that and pick your brain. Uh, More on Jurassic World next. You are listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are the Couch Potatoes. We're talking about Jurassic World, which dominated the box office. It it broke all records. It made $208 million domestically. That's a record, beating Marvel's The Avengers. It made $524 million worldwide. That's the first movie to ever make $500 million in its opening weekend. It just destroyed box office expectations. No one saw this coming. Uh, Jeff, although you did hint... You said in your preview mm-hmm. that this could end up being the biggest movie of the summer. Would yeah. you have predicted this kind of dominance, no, though? No, not at all. I didn't think... I mean, if I th- basically, if Avengers 2 didn't break all the records, I didn't think anything was going to this summer. Yeah. So maybe next maybe next summer when, you know, Batman v Superman comes out or something like that. But no, this is... It's quite surprising. And I think maybe what's happening here is... Because I know... I was a teenager when the first Jurassic Park came out. Yep. But for a lot of people, in a way, this is their Star Wars. You know, they were kids yeah, when Jurassic true. Park came out, and now the first movie came out in, what, 1993? Yep. So now here we are 22 years later, so all those people who were kids, they're like we were when Star Wars came back right. as we were adults. So now they, they rent, so there's that kind of, I guess, maybe nostalgia factor. I guess so. And uh, but it, and it's also sort of, it's a, it's a fresh take on it it's not like jurassic park 3 was was okay but a lot of people really didn't care for that i didn't like that one at all and this uh, this is uh it feels like it's been you know whatever 15 years since that came out and it feels like its own thing and i'm sure we'll see another one now that it's done what it's just done and it's also kind of ironic just uh i'm not gonna give you it's not a movie spoiler but part of the thing with the park is and uh dallas bryce howard's character is like well people are bored of dinosaurs we have to keep coming up with new and exciting attractions here at jurassic world and chris pratt's like what are you kidding me it's a dinosaur yeah. so i think that's so people were probably thinking well you know the public nobody wants cares about going to the dinosaur movies anymore but i guess there's a lot more chris pratt's out there's like what are you kidding it's dinosaurs i'm going well, and it is the first, it's the first of the four Jurassic Park movies where the park is actually open. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And it was weird because like, you know, when the mayhem really breaks out and it's like, you know, it used to be the dinosaurs would hunt the five or 10 people that were there. But now it's like, there's like just crowds of people for them to like chomp and munch on and stuff. And it's just like, oh my God. And I... It was weird. And I, I, well, it's scary too, yeah, because well, what would happen? You, 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 humans are at top of the food chain right now, but if dinosaurs were alive, humans never would have existed. No. I read, and I read a bunch of stuff in this past week, the little art, funny articles that were like Jurassic World really should have had a better evacuation plan. <laughs> <laughs> there'd been, there'd be no drama. Uh, and I guess one final thought on this, and maybe the reason why the dinosaurs dominated is because we, for all the monster movies out there, the Godzillas or any other monster movie, dinosaurs are real life monsters who once walked the earth. So right. that's pretty fascinating to think about how this isn't, granted these are our imagined versions of these creatures, but they were here at one point. So. Yeah, it's not far. Fa- I mean, there may there may well be aliens. Sure, why not? Yeah, but we know there were dinosaurs. Yeah, so and everything on the screen is created from you know people having found the bones and the actual dinosaurs. So. And who wasn't fascinated with dinosaurs when they were a kid? I know every kid loves dinosaurs. My friends have little kids, and he was wearing a dinosaur pajamas, and I was reading out the names on him because he can't read. Yeah, and he was just like. Read them all again. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's cute. So yeah, there's something very uh, taps into the kids and all of us, and just the, the fascination. So good for Jurassic World. I still haven't seen it. I got to get to it. You know what? We're going up next. We're going to talk about the television stuff we want to get to. HBO is going nuts this weekend. We're going to tell you about that in just a moment. You are listening to the Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Brown. We are the Couch Potatoes. We are so excited because this weekend marks the return of True Detective. Just one question. Am I supposed to solve this or not? I need a direction to turn, or I may just start pulling down walls. I am no good on the sidelines. Tell me, how compromised are you? I welcome judgment. It's season two of the HBO drama, which took the world by storm last year. It was an eight-episode contained story starring Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. They are not back in this. It's a brand new story with new people. And has the, can you imagine the expectations on this? It's insane, and there's just no way it can possibly live up to it. Colin Farrell, Rachel McAdams, Taylor Kitsch, and Vince Vaughn is the big bad guy, I think. Uh, they are the stars of True Detective season two. And yeah, it's just... The expectations are far too high. Go in, go in low, people. Otherwise, you'll be disappointed for sure. Because the first season, no one really. It looked good. I think anybody who saw the trailer for that thought, "Oh, that looks good." Yeah. And then they watched it and were blown away. So, I'm going to try to to keep my expectations modest as well. At least for a few episodes, as also because with shows like this, the the first one is never going to be like, "Oh my gosh," you know what I mean? Because they've just got all this setup to do and introductions and that sort of thing. Although that's how I was for the first episode of the first True Detective. Was it for you? Well, I was just, I was, I was uh, astounded at how good it was. I okay. thought it would look good, but I was blown away by how great that show was. I was probably confused not knowing any of the character names and stuff. I was like, wait, what? I do also remember <laughs> 20 minutes into it having to pause it and go on IMDb to see if that was Matthew McConaughey or not. It's like, that looks like Matthew McConaughey, but clearly this is a pretty good show, so it can't be him. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it was thin, right? Yeah. So, all right. And I didn't know. I I got the screener copy that just said True Detective. I had, knew nothing about it going in. Oh yeah, and I yeah. remember when you you wanted to do it for the show. I thought, what is he talking about? Uh, it's oh, it's that HBO show. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. True Detective season two debuts on Sunday. This also debuts on HBO on Sunday. Looking for a guy who could set the edge for you. Spence. She's still dreaming about laying people out. This the game that shows us. Right now, my dreams are all about deals and dollars. I'm a financial manager, and I will put your money to work. Before the window of opportunity closes, yeah. What are the three most important things to you? Football. Yeah. God. Yeah. Family. Well, that's good. For a second there, I thought you were going to say friends. HBO's Ballers starring my man, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, as what? He's a financial manager for athletes, an ex-football player. Yeah. That sort of seems like a stretch, doesn't it? Not really, because I, he is an ex-football player. That's true. And clearly he knows how to manage his finances, because he's done a marvelous thing with his career over the years. It just looks weird. He's in a suit in all these promos, and The Rock in a suit is sort of odd-looking. 
Yeah, but you never. How can you can't say that though? You never watched wrestling. You're only now. It's funny because you always used to laugh at me when I play the rock in the wrestling ring. He used to wear his five hundred dollars shirts. He he was a sharp dressed man, not in the ring, but then when he would cut his promos, he was a sharp dressed man. I don't. It just still looks weird to me. I'm used to seeing him in like uh, police or army garb. Yeah, or whatever, like just the tightest shirt that the (laughs) money can buy that they put on him in the Furious movies. That's true. Yeah, or. Are you gonna now that you love The Rock? Are you gonna go back and watch Hercules? No. Okay. Uh, I don't. Think, I'm not even convinced on this baller show. And we should also point out that there is another show debuting this weekend on HBO. It's called The Brink. Uh, debuts on Sunday. It stars Jack Black and Tim uh, Robbins. And it's uh, the U- U.S. government and military are scrambling to prevent World War III from happening amidst the chaos of a geopolitical crisis. So uh, yeah. it's a political comedy. It's interesting because King Kong was on TV the other day. And then when you were playing the Kung Fu Panda stuff before, I was thinking both times, whatever happened to Jack Black? That's yeah. We know. And now he's coming back in a big way. Maybe it was the Weird Al video. <laughs> he, he appeared in that tacky video. Right. Uh, season three of this is debuting this upcoming week. CBS This Summer. You still believe that the dome is good? The dome is here to destroy us. The summer's number one show returns. Everybody stay together. Chester's mill strikes again. Mark Helgenberger guest stars on Under the Dome. Ready when you are. Season premiere at CBS this summer. Brett, I stopped watching it uh, halfway through season one. How can somebody guest star on this show if they're all trapped under the dome? I don't does, know. Does it, is there a way for it to make sense? You don't know? Well, because and I, I don't, don't want to ruin it. No, don't ruin it for you. Yeah. But just let me, there, is there or is there not a way for it to make sense? There is a way because okay. some because some of them got out. Oh, they got out of the dome. So I don't know if she's in the do- if she's under the dome as well or if she's outside. Living there the last two years and we just didn't notice her until now. Well, and here's part of the thing, and actually that sort of ties into a criticism I have here because yeah. under the dome, based on a Stephen King novel, it more or less resurrected scripted summer network television in the U.S. Debuted two years ago on CBS in the summer. It was meant to be a one and done season, an event series, but it had big ratings for a summer series. So they got greedy and they ordered a second season. So that meant it went from this bizarre, compelling, and addictive sci-fi spooky mystery to one of the dumbest shows on TV. Season 2 was bad. It was filled with some horrible acting, horrible dialogue, horrible characters. Some characters who were new, by the way, didn't see them at all in the first season. Like Nikki and Paolo and Lost. And here they are in the second season. Now, granted, we didn't meet everybody in town, so it's perfectly logical to assume that this Per- nothing character now matters, but it was still stupid. And yet I watched it. Why do I do this to myself? I watch bad shows because I want to know why they're under the dome. What is the dome? But season- How angry are you going to be at the end of this show if they never explain that dome? If they don't explain the dome and it gets canceled, <laughs> I will be really mad. I It's st- it's a guilty pleasure. Yeah. It's still entertaining because Dean Norris, for example, who played Hank in Breaking Bad, yeah. he plays Big Jim in this. He is awesome. He's the best part of the show. But again, he's a character who has no business being around anymore, but they keep him there because he's the best part of the show. Anyway, Under the Dome starts on Thursday. It's a fun show. It's just really stupid and, quite frankly, really bad. And I shouldn't be watching it. Uh, Also, this weekend is the season finale of Orphan Black. 
We do terrible things for the people we love. Season finale on space this weekend and a tremendous Canadian show. It's about clones and one woman, Tatiana Maslany from Regina, plays a multiple or a multitude of characters. It's just the the technical achievement, the performance aspect of this show is quite astounding. Well, I'll give you more thoughts on Orphan Black next week after the season finale. Up next, I want to talk about some summer shows. And Jeff got around to seeing Mad Max. You were listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry and Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. And much like last week, we haven't left ourselves a whole lot of time for this segment. So we're going to lightning around this here. I just want to quickly touch on some of the summer shows that I've been watching. Of course, we both ta- or both watch Hannibal. It's uh, two ep- or three episodes, I guess, have aired by now. That second episode was disgusting, but I'll keep watching. Did you run home and cry to your mom? I just about did. Called her up, had to get her to talk me down. <laughs> read, a, read me a story over the phone while I tried to fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> It, it was, was that dis- disturbing. It was creepy. I think it's probably, they, they have reached a new level of creepiness, of gore on that show. Still don't understand how they get away with that on network television. Aquarius, the, the Charlie Manson show starring David Duchovny. He doesn't play Charlie Manson. He plays the cop who's looking for Manson. And this show should be better, but it's not. Duchovny certainly carries it. He is super cool as the cop who is hunting Manson, but the show has been overall a bit of a disappointment for me. Perhaps it will get better. Are you going to stick with it? I'm going to stick with it because it's an, it's still an interesting story and I enjoy the cast. I just feel like the story isn't, it's not, I guess I, I was thinking this would be darker than it, Oh yeah. but I don't know. Uh, it's still pretty good. It's just not as good as I was expecting, but I do very much enjoy Duchovny in it. want to talk about Wayward Pines. This is the show that debuted on Fox a few weeks back. Follow the rules. This is no ordinary town. How do I get out of here? You don't. The show stars Matt Dillon, Carla Gugino, Juliette Lewis, Terrence Howard, Melissa Leo, and Toby Jones. It's a 10-episode series based on a series of books from author Blake Crouch. Matt Dillon is a Secret Service agent. He finds himself in this mysterious town in Idaho, and he can't get out. The first episode was kind of weak, but I have very much enjoyed it, and I am sticking with it to the end. And finally, there's a show on ABC called The Whispers, which just started a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'll just say that if you haven't watched it, um, you, you can probably get it on demand. And check it out. It's a pretty cool science fiction-y horror mystery so far, and I like it. And uh, while we have a, a second here, I'll mention Game of Thrones Season 5 finale. Biggest ratings ever for the show. 8.11 million viewers tuned in. And finally, Mad Max. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! Or is it Mad Furiosa? I finally got around to see it on my only knock against the movie, and it's not really a knock is that Charlize Theron is clearly the main character. So why is it called Mad Max? He's a secondary character in his own movie, but I love the movie. 
uh, Charlie's Theron is fantastic. The wrestling, too, the action is insane in such a fun way, mesmerizing me. And I love the simple story. Uh, George Miller did not have to bloat his movie with a bunch of unnecessary B-plots. All the ones he put in it had something to do with the main plot, so it all just really worked. And I like that he didn't bother explaining everything, because he didn't care anyways. A nice, tight movie. I can see it getting a lot of Oscar noms. I'll be surprised if it doesn't win a few as well. Four and a half Coach Cushions out of five. There you go. That's the lightning round edition of the Couch Potatoes. That's all the time we have. I'm Brett. He's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. (laughs) 